0: Kind. So, welcome to Vineyard. We're in a series called Essentials. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. And we're really talking about things that are close to our heart, things that matter to us. We're, we're a family that has, we feel, a unique voice and vision, just like every church. But it only works with the whole church, right? The Big C church. It's We need the whole church to reach the whole community. We don't think we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. We never want to be distinctive among churches. We only always want to be faithful. To the call of God that's put upon us in our uniqueness and in the vision that God has given us. Do you, and I hope that, that's your goal too in life. That, I don't really believe in being distinctive. I think that's, that's kind of cool if you are that. But I do believe in being faithful to what God has called us to do. And those two things are huge in meaning in life. So today's essential is, is one of my favorites. Uh, I've been longing to get here in the series. And I want to talk about the Supernatural some of you are probably thinking, are we becoming weird now? I would say the question is, are we becoming weirder now? But it just depends on your definition of weird, doesn't it? Because I don't think normal works a lot in our society. So anyway, we're not going to be just relaxed. We're not going to be a church of the weird. But I want to talk about the supernatural and why it's an essential to us as a community of faith. I want to talk about my normal first. My normal, I grew up in church, that at, uh, we just had healing meetings and uh, I would see as a kid I would grow up seeing deaf ears open and uh, blind eyes seeing and I would see some remarkable stuff people that had cancer and were terminally ill get totally healed and set free I, I actually saw demons leave people in a meeting that was never my favorite thing by the way as a kid um, I saw people come to faith in Jesus and and uh, guys lay hands on these people and then all of a sudden they would speak in this weird and wonderful language that I hadn't a clue what it was about but I soon discovered it's in the Bible it's totally biblical and it's called tongues and Paul said I wish that you all spoke in it uh, and but more so I wish that you prophesied so this was my normal church life right this was just my normal I didn't know that this wasn't outside the box I, I just thought everybody does it everybody that knows Jesus we that's just what you do right it's just your Monday morning Sort of going to work stuff, but hey, there was a there was a butt in it for me. There was a there was something that was just not quite right, and the not quite right for me. Even as a young kid growing up in church, uh, seeing all this wonderful stuff, I had concluded that it's kind of strange that these things only happen in special meetings when we call it a healing meeting, right, or a revival meeting. And uh, if we had if we had somebody on an organ today, it would be kind of cool. If, they were playing behind me, you know, to make those sort of, when I come out with a good line, they do the, ding. that would be a revival meeting right there. And so that was normal church for me, but it only happened in those sort of um, meetings. And then something else I, I, I picked up, and maybe I picked it up wrong, but I always concluded that it always just happened through the guy who wore three-piece suit. Weird. It must have been suffering in the three-piece suit. And the more uh, old-fashioned the suit, the more healing power that person seemed to have. And people that with modern-day clothes never seemed to heal as sick for some wonderful, strange reason in the life that I knew. Uh, uh, and I just thought, wow, this is kind of cool, but it's not for me. I don't get to do this stuff. It's for the three piece suit and it's for the special meeting and it's for the evangelist. I I have this abiding memory. It's funny the things that stick in your mind. I remember we brought this guy called uh, Danny Straza. What a name. He's like something out of Greece, isn't he? Danny Straza. And he was from Canada and he was a doctor. He was a doctor in theology. And he came and he had the three piece suit and the slick back hair and he played the piano and all the minor keys. And. That was another thing they did in those days too. Minor keys was really more holy. And, uh, and so they, they, he would do all this stuff and then he came back to my house. But here was the thing I was blown away with. This is weird. This is out of. This is just out of the box thinking. On a Sunday afternoon, he watched the World Cup with me. And I thought, this man of God is watching TV. On a Sunday, I concluded, Maybe he is normal. He, he, it's just like, I like football. He likes football. He dresses funny. I don't. But we could maybe... It's all open to interpretation, isn't it? It's all open to interpretation. I was totally taken away by that. You see, what happens, and this is what I want you to get round I concluded that not everybody gets to do this stuff in the Bible because what happens is sometimes our experience frames our theology. Right? So because we like for instance that might not be your story but your story might be something goes something like this because I rarely see God at work in power, I conclude that the powerful demonstration and experiences that God did in the Bible are not for today. Because my experience starts to frame my theology. What happens Is we change our theology then to fit our experience. Have you ever found that? I know we'd never do that in Northern Ireland. I know we'd never use scripture and theology to frame our thinking. But this is for people in other countries, like our South African friends who struggle with it probably a little bit more than Northern Ireland people. I'm just joking, by the way. We do it all the time. We do it. We, we, we take scripture and we, we play it to what we believe. We, we use scripture and we stretch it like elastic man. And we stretch it because our experience then frames our theology. So we conclude God doesn't do that stuff. I've not seen it. Therefore, it doesn't happen. It's only in scripture or whatever the case may be. And, my, and actually more dangerous. Sometimes we use it, our experience to, to change our theology around bigotry and sectarianism and exclusion so what's it all about what's it all about it's simply about you and I what's the supernatural about fancy word maybe scary word maybe makes some of you feel uncomfortable but it's really this here you and I becoming a people of constant and consistent good news that's it we want to be good news right gospel good news (laughs) gospel is good news and we want to be the good news story in a society that's full of bad news and thanks to Mr. Trump fake news. What a load of rubbish. Did you listen to his rant the other week or this week about London and the prestigious hospital? I'll stop there in case I lose some of you in the conversation. It's a journey we get to discover and we confirm that the Christian life, listen, it's an assignment backed up by power. Christian life is an assignment backed up by the power, and not just some weird power, but it's actually the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not some power or some force out there like a Star Wars movie. It's actually the person. It's personal. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit of Christ. And we are backed up by this power of heaven, and it's a partnership with heaven on earth. What to be? Good news. Are you good news or bad news? What are you carrying? So the Vineyard Church, the movement of Vineyard throughout uh, all its continents and every village and tribe all over the world from Chile and to South America, which is Chile, Jason, and uh, South Africa and New Zealand and Australia and uh, India and uh, all those wonderful countries. We are no stranger to the supernatural work of God. This is what we're about. This movement is led by the Holy Spirit to obey the Spirit and seeing signs and wonders follow us as we partner with God in our everyday, ordinary lives. So Christian life is never boring. It's an adventure. It's excitement. It's suffering. It's good news. It's backed up by the power of God. My one of my favourite uh, scriptures in all of the New Testament is Mark one fifteen. Jesus comes on the scene. You you, you got I wish I had I wish I had some time to expand this, but you got to. You've got to try and come with me very quickly on this this morning. So we're going to track fast. And that is this idea that for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years people were waiting for the Messiah king to come, right? There's there was generation after generation. The prophets spoke about it, they sang about it, they taught about it. They they waited and they they they, they just waited for the Messiah to come that someday this king would come and they thought this king would come and he would overturn the political situation and, and restore Israel back to the nation that it once was and, and they were waiting for this king and then all of a sudden this Jesus comes and incarnates himself in flesh to a poor family could, could, couldn't even afford a proper sacrifice they even ended up using two pigeons or something to get there when they brought it to the temple they were poor and, and this Jesus walks on the earth and this is his message he says change the way that you think there's a new government in town Things are going to be better. Think, DREAM. Okay, don't think. Out. You know the Dairy Boy things. I'm gonna get dinner. I hope so, Jesus. I'm praying for this place. Mark 1:15. He says, "Repent. The kingdom of heaven has come. It's near." It was in Jesus Christ. It was in him. It was a message and a ministry. He came with words and works, and he announced this kingdom. And and all of a sudden, you could see the intent and the nature of the kingdom. Because he doesn't hang about. But here's the question. What about you and me today? Is it theology? Is it history? I've been blessed with a lot of things. I've been part of the vineyard. But probably one of the biggest influences it's had on my life is this, that good news then is good news now. Good news in the book of Mark is good news in this 21st century. Good news in, in Jerusalem is good news in Dungannon. Good news in, this, in Galilee is good news in Galway. I really believe that good news then is good news now because the king has come and everything is changing, believe it or not, from the days of John the Baptist until right now, whatever date it is today, the kingdom of God is advancing. His rule and his reign is here and it's making all things new. And that invitation is still the same to us to enjoy eternal life in its fullness. Now, what do you mean? What do you think about when you think about eternal life? What do you think about? See, what, what eternal life means for me and should mean as we read the ancient scriptures through the lens of the kingdom of God is right here, right now, and continually, eternally. Does that make sense? See, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in the church where, you know, eternal life was that someday we get hit by a bus or worse. We would die, and then we would experience eternal life. I ain't selling that. It's not the message of Jesus. You take that message to a village in India and say, hey, here's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came so that someday, when you die, you're got to be with them. So that you don't have to go to hell. And they look at me, and I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, this already is hell. This already is hell. The kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom, happens the moment you open your heart to Jesus. When the Spirit of God fills you with the fullness of God that raised Christ from the dead, it comes into our mortal bodies, And it comes and it fills us with the fullness of Jesus Christ. And it says, from now on, you're marked with the presence and power of Jesus Christ. You can see things happen. You can see all things become new. You do carry the kingdom and the presence of God with you. Therefore, you from this moment are in eternal being. You get to bring good news here, near, and far. It's a wonderful message, the gospel message. It's not, a, it's not some message that we, we say some prayer and we go into some waiting room and wait till Jesus comes back and, and pray for some sort of thing that God pops us up in the sky. They call it, what do they call that thing? A rapture. I call it crazy. But anyway, this is good news. This is good news. And let me, let me read you the nature of the kingdom. Listen to him. I'm going to give you a fast track through the book of Mark. If you think the Bible's born, have you read it? Have you read it? Mark, the first chapter, when, when Jesus declares the, the nature of the kingdom, when he, when he says the kingdom of heaven is near, he then demonstrates the power of the kingdom. He demonstrates it in the reality of what it is. It says, in the synagogue, he cast out evil spirits. Wow, that's kind of strange, isn't it? You'd think he would do it on a mission trip to some foreign country with tribes, but no, it's happening in church. That's strange. I, I quite like that. The demonic in church. Not that I like the demonic in church. I like the fact that Jesus casts out the demonic in the religious places. Quickly, news begins to spread. This is what Jesus means by good news. Most likely reports were were also shared in community about Jesus' healing of of Simon's mother-in-law. It was just God gossip everywhere. And by sunset, once the Sabbath was over, the whole village brought the sick and demonic. They probably, if they weren't caught up in the religious uh, uh, laws of the day, they wouldn't have waited till the sun came up. They would have just been there and there in that moment. And so what they do is they bring the whole village, the sick, the demonic, the oppressed, they bring them to Jesus. And Mark tells us in this book, if you read it, Mark says they gathered outside to watch as Jesus said, great numbers of those who came to him. The next morning, people were lining up and saying, This is good news. This is good news. No internet, no Facebook, no Instagram. No Twitter. People were just catching what Jesus was doing. They were fascinated and attracted to him. Good news was starting to spread. The kingdom of God had come near. And the kingdom of God had become the reality. And then next in Mark's account, Jesus encounters a leprous man. One of the untouchables in ancient Near Eastern society. Jesus moved with compassion. Touches him and embraces him. That's a whole story in itself, right? And we, we don't get it in our Western context, just, just what this means at this moment. Restoring him completely, and then further shockwaves go through the whole community. How much better can this get, they're saying, in their communities? This is this good news? Do you think, what do you think about your Christian life, guys? Do you ever, do you ever say that? Do you ever, do you ever come to the conclusion, how, how much better does this get? That's, that's our story. We are good news. We are good news happening in our communities. Our, our story should be this is just good. This is just, you see, I know what you're thinking. You, people come to Vineyard and they say, Well, I'm just waiting for something I don't like. It's a Northern Ireland negative. It doesn't matter about Vineyard, but the label, by the, by the way. It's just like when they come into faith, when they come into a church, they're thinking, oh, Something will go wrong. Somebody will upset me. And it will happen. If you have that mindset, somebody will upset you. You know, he's wearing a pink T shirt. I'm upset by that. You know, it's something will upset you, but that's not, not the story. The story of the kingdom of God, that has continued to of course there's hardship and trials, but it just gets better. It just gets better. How good can this thing actually get? So please change the way that you think. There's a new king in town. There's a new government. There's a new way of living. It doesn't have to be, what is this thing going to be like? What is the, what's, what's the, it? I, and you know what I can't have at the minute? Ah. These are the darkest days to be living in. <laughs> really? Have you read the book? We're not sacrificing children and putting them in rubbish heaps. These are good days to live in. I do not like negative. You know, the, uh, okay, stop, 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 stop. These are good days to live in. These are good days to live in. And then you get you get through that book of Mark, and how much better can this get? And then it continues through the Gospel of Mark and all the Gospels. And then when it comes to the book of Acts, this guy gets up, and he puts a pen to paper. And he says this, this book of Acts is all about what Jesus began to do and teach. Began to do and teach. Meaning what? There's more. Huh? There's more. He just began to do and teach. And then he said these things, I'm going to follow you, these signs that will make people wonder in your community that there is good news, that there is a God to be reckoned with. There is more. There is more. This is just what Jesus began to do. We are the story. You and I are the story. In his hometown of Nazareth, Jesus, he stood up, read this last week. He stood up in the synagogue and he told the world what he was about, making it clear he had come to fill the messianic prophecy of Isaiah. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of what? Good news. Who to? Well, he's singling out a particular group of people, he says, to the poor. To the poor. And we talked about that last week. He sent between nights, pardon to prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burden and the battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. You can't read that and miss it. This is good news. I don't know what anybody has ever been selling you, but I want to tell you something. That Christianity is not born. Christianity is not some piety thing that we're holding on to 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 experience eternal life when we breathe our last breath no christianity is good news this is a miracle religion this is a religion where you know it, it is a miracle religion think about it what is our what's our story what's our narrative our narrative is that jesus came to earth and he didn't die he rose from the dead that's a miracle i mean just begin there never mind everything that went before it and everything that goes after you are gathered around a miracle story we are a miracle movement we are a miracle movement. This is God's year to act. You can't read this and miss that it's good news. This is not spiritual sight to spiritual blind, by the way. It can be part of that. But he touches the tangible needs of the poor, doesn't he? He really does. He, 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 he emancipates those who are held in captivity by their hurts, by their hang-ups, and, and by their habits. And this, needs, this news needs to be fully released so that people can live fully. The good news is now because it touches every aspect of our lives, guys. Christianity is a miracle religion that sets people free from their burdens. It releases people into freedom and to people so that people can become fully alive in every aspect of their life. I don't know about you. I hear people saying that Christianity is a box. Are you kidding me? It's a door to wide open space. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, he, he's called every follower of Christ to be naturally supernatural every one of us, to be carers of the kingdom. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, Jesus lives inside you. He lives inside of you for a reason. Not to take you off to heaven to play a harp on a cloud. There's power that can change society. There's power that can change a community. There is power that can change a village. There is power that can change all manner of wrongness. There is power within you that can affect change. There's power for a reason. It's not power for for meetings. It's not power for church. It's power for all of life and for all of humanity. Do you believe that? Thank you, Jesus. It's good news. God wants to release good news. And here, he doesn't want to do it with a three-piece sit. He can do it with a three-piece sit. But he wants to choose ordinary people like you and I to bring the good news of the kingdom here, near, and far. We all get to play. We all get to do the stuff. We all get to, to see the Bible come alive. God wants to release good news with ordinary people just like you and me but he wants to do it in extraordinary ways. And that's why it's naturally supernatural. It's just he takes ordinary things and he makes it super. He makes it extraordinary. He does it in ways that, that's just not natural, not natural. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your mandate is to represent Jesus on earth. That's big, right? That's big. Guys, You get this, you are not saved to come to Vineyard Church at Dungana on a Sunday morning. You're not. Here's another thing. Get this into your thinking, into your being, but don't take it the wrong way because we we'll still need you to move boxes straight after this celebration. <laughs> You're not saved to serve. You're not saved to serve. You're saved. You're brought into a relationship with Father God through the presence and through the person of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit who lives in you now so that you can have a relationship with this all-powerful God in heaven who creates the universe and stars and skies and sun and moon. This God who contains and and maintains everything. This God who's making all things new. You're brought into a right relationship with him. Do you not think that it would affect the way that you live and everything around you? You're not saved so that you can just serve in a church. You're not saved so that you can come to Vineyard Church Dungannon on a Sunday morning and take a black seat and and put up with me and count the, the clock down. You're not. You are here to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven on earth. And you're backed up by all of heaven and heaven's power. That's why I continue to tell you. Guys, if you're not up for it, don't pray the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's the same thing. Your kingdom come, it's his will being done on earth. It's just the same phrase put another way. It's just the same thing. When Jesus says, "Your kingdom, pray your kingdom come, your will be done. You're praying, you can't go wrong with that because you're praying the will of God here on earth. You're asking heaven to come to earth, not for us to go to heaven. You're asking heaven to invade our schools, our, our hospitals, our, our societies, our libraries, our, our dentists, our, our, our creative places and spaces, our streets, our shops, our shopping centers. You're asking for heaven to come to earth. What does that look like? It looks wonderful. And it's not just one way, it's many ways. It's broken bodies being healed, it's broken minds being healed, it's relationships being mended, it's our best thinking, it's the wisdom of God helping teachers get better and brilliant. It's all about the kingdom of God and feeling earth. It's about the wisdom of heaven coming to earth and making an impact here and now where we live. Man, it's good, isn't it? Listen to this here. Love this here. Second Corinthians five twenty. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's our message. Hey, society, come back to God. It's the best thing for you. Hey, Dungannon, come back to God. Come back to God. And listen to this. Here's our part in it. Isaiah 6 to 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. Little old You. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you. His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Are the days dark? Yeah. But is the kingdom bright? Yes. Absolutely. As he spits all over the place. You and I are to reveal God's extraordinary goodness. And we're to do it not by just reading scripture. Not by just praying. Those things are good and a good practice and a discipline they have in your daily life. But listen to me. We are signs and wonders. Believe it or not. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're a sign and you're a wonder. In an American accent. See, in my head, it sounds, like guess, you're a sign and a wonder. But what I hear up here is, and I think the Spirit of God's fallen. They're all speaking in tongues, and it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. It just pumps me up with faith again to hear the noise. What am I saying? Guys, you do feel God's extraordinary goodness through signs that make people wonder. Miracles, healings, prophetic words, random acts of kindness, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. We get to do it all. You and I get to do it all. We are God's light. We are God's brightness. Here's another way to put it. I'm actually reading from Scripture. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. All right? Are you doing that? Are you grumpy? Or are you bringing out God's colors in the world? God is not a secret to be kept, by the way. And again, Reformed theology. We've talked about the personal relationship with Jesus, which is so true. But man, it's not... Meant to be kept private. It's personal, but it's never private. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the kingdom. God wants to give it away. You only get to keep what you give away, by the way. Does that make sense to you? you Look at it. Look at the Bible. It's upside down thinking the economy should not work naturally. You know what? You give away and you get more. It's better to give than to receive. That's just nuts, isn't it? I like getting. You like getting? It's just the upside down in the kingdom, but in God's world, it makes perfect sense. It's it's a, it's it's not a secret to be kept. We're going to be we're going to go public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If you make, if I make you light bears, he says, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? Do you want to be hidden? Want to keep it private? It's just me and Jesus. It's not just you and Jesus. It's you in the world, it's you in your school, it's you in your family, it's you in the street that you live in, it's you in your next door neighbour, it's, it's you in this community, it's you in Dungannon. Yeah, I'm not going to put you under a bucket, don't think I'm going to hide you, do you? I'm putting you a light on a stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. And this is what I'm going to speak on next week, by the way, here's a, here's a spoiler alert, so please do come next week. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to come open, sorry, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I can't wait to talk about that, what it looks like next week. Live open lives, open houses, open hearts, open lives, and get this one, open wallets. (laughs) So we, we live in a culture today where people are, they're skeptical of religion, Organized religion. I, I, I love that because like we're out, we're we're way out of that. You know when people talk about organized religion, just just concentrate on me. When people talk about organized religion, I say well that's not us. We're disorganized. <laughs> uh, we we couldn't organize a, a picnic in a park. So you should come to the vineyard if you hate organized religion. But you know what I mean by that? They're not impressed by they they, they don't like organized and yet they're open to having the spiritual experiences. It's weird. I I talk to people. That's not weird. I do talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I meet people and I say, can I pray for him? And They say, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Like, it's, it's as if you're something weird. But then they tell me the story of getting into their car and driving up a mountain to meet a weird wee man who gives them a charm. <laughs> Is that not the weirdest thing out? Somebody that you don't know. Somebody that's a little hillbilly-ish, if I can say that in kindness and they tell him to cut a potato in two, bury one half in the backyard and rub the other one in your head or something like got there. Man, that is just weirdness, personified. I think there's nothing more weirder than that than just laying hands on somebody saying, come Holy Spirit, God, heal. And jump it in your car and get up to some wee weird man up a mountain who tells you to cut a potato in two, stick it in the garden and rub the other half on your ringworm. Man, it's just weird. People are open to experience. People are open to to the supernatural. See, they're not impressed by your denominational affiliation. They're not. Let's just get that out there. Or your claim to truth. They're not. Do you think people are are going to be persuaded by your claim to truth and your your, uh, denomination affiliation? I go up to people all the time Say, you know, I'm part of the vineyard. And they say, wow. (laughs) How can I join? I say, you can't join find out you are (laughs) we actually do talk like that we talk crazy language in church don't we just some of the language is nuts people don't care if I'm vineyard you know what they care about hey Jason life's rubbish I'm in pain can your God impact my world my father is dying of cancer can I experience peace this week They don't know, they don't care about your denominational affiliation. They want to know the implications and the applications of the kingdom of God right here and right now on planet earth. That's what they want to know. They don't want to know, and by the way, this might just freak you out and upset you. They don't even know, they don't even want to know that you have truth personified in a box called doctrine. They don't care. They don't care. Can I say this? I don't even know if they care what you believe. But they want to see how you live your life and what you're going to do with what you received. And that is the kingdom of heaven. It's not just something to believe, but it's something that we've received and we receive it to give it away. That's the kingdom of heaven. So our denominational tribes, Presbyterian, Vineyard, and all that stuff, people aren't interested in that. They're interested in the application. They're hungry for an encounter. They're hungry for an encounter and a God that's searching for them right now. This is true wherever you are in the world, by the way. People who have God all figured out and can tell you exactly what he can do and what he can't do, I tell you something that makes me nervous. I don't have God figured out, do you? He's big. He's powerful. He's He's, he's all-encompassing, he's attractive, he's, he's all-sufficient, he's just, he's just, he's massive, isn't he? His love, even his love, you can't even get a hold of that because it says, how do we measure the length and the breadth and the height? For he said that not even demons can, can hold you back from this powerful love that he has. It's just, it's just, it's just fast, his love is fast, and, and I get nervous when people start to, to say that I've got it all sorted. And I say that God is God and he he, he will do whatever he wants. And he wants to come and fill this place with his glory and with his kingdom and with his righteousness. So often we have compartmentalized approach to life, don't we? Like we all do it. We have certain places where we expect God to show up. Or expect something to happen, or if we're in a season or a frame of mind, then if I'm in that frame of mind, then God's going to show up in healing, you know, because I'm in a good place with God. I can t- I tell you something, God showed up more powerful when I'm in a bad place with him than I'm, sometimes I'm in a good place with him, right? He doesn't need me, but he chooses me, and he says, you know what, Scott? Ordinary, let's do something extraordinary, right? Hey, you don't have to be in a good place, you don't have to have it all figured out for God to show up in your life. He wants to release his goodness on the earth. He wants to, there are not certain places, there are not certain areas where God meets us. Well, there is. It's a quiet place and a secret place. But he wants to get out of that. He wants to, he wants to spill into every area of society. He wants to spill into every area of our lives. You see, the Bible says, draw near to God and what? Right, do you believe that? Is that true? It's just a question. Don't panic. I'm not going to say, ah, you're wrong. I used to do that, but the MCL said I can't do that anymore. Okay, so just work with me. It's, it's getting near time to quit. So um, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Do you believe that to be true? Yes. How many of you could say hand on heart that every time you pray, God comes real close to you? Me neither. Me neither. <whistles> Heretic. I hear you say but I realized something a long time ago, and this is what I've realized. The scripture doesn't say that God will draw near to you there and then in that moment, in that situation that God just shows up in power in a place and a time. It says that he will draw near to you. And I realized that God wanted to initiate some appointments with me in addition to the appointments that I initiated with him. Well, that's good. I realized that God wanted to initiate some appointments with me in addition to the appointments that i initiated with him see he he's the problem with jesus is he's alive that's a big problem what are you going to do with him the problem with jesus he can show up anywhere at any time what are you going to do about that you see this is what i did and i'll finish with the story because i've got so much to talk about and maybe we'll do a two three four five part on the kingdom of god I think I'm up for that after this series, but I will talk about the generosity of God next week. Let me tell you a story, and this is how it happened with me, you see. Um, I came into the vineyard, and I discovered we get to do the stuff. And you could wear jeans and a t-shirt, and, and, and you could still pray for people. Uh, it, it, it continually offended my mind, but it revealed my heart all the time. I can remember being in a, in a house in Port Sturgeon, and Scott prayed for somebody to get healed, and I was so offended that he had a midget jam at the same time kid you know I can remember the moment he goes to pray for somebody he walks over the living room floor and there's a dish of midget jams that I've been watching all night right and he just lifts a few of them and pops them in his mouth and prays for somebody and in my mind I'm saying that's not right because we all know the scriptures thou shalt not eat midget jams when praying for the sick it offended me the person got healed, but I didn't care because I was so peeved off with him eating midget jams and rejoicing in the person getting healed. Is that weird? Nobody would ever, that's just, I know none of you guys would ever do that, would you? What, Joan? No? Pray for me, will you? I'm a work in progress. And so I discovered this vineyard thing, and, and so I... And I just thought, well, I get to do this stuff. I got excited about it again. I, I knew you, and you know internally that you're wired for eternal connection with a God of power, right? You know that, you know that, you, you know it. And here's why you know it. Because when you, come into, when you come into contact with people with cancer, there's an anger and there's a frustration in you. And there's something within your soul that says, this is not right. That means that you're connected to, to the kingdom of heaven. You know that all things will be made new. There's something within you that should frustrate the very life out of you when you see injustice and, uh, and um yeah. When you see how women are treated in our countries, when you see how the poor are treated, when you see how serious, when you see things that are not right, when truth is not right, you, there's something that rises up within you because you're connected to the kingdom of heaven, right? Because it's your natural identity. It's your DNA. You know that all things will become new. That's what's living in you. That's what's living in you. The Holy Spirit's living in you. So you change your mind. You change your thinking. So you start to believe that all things can become new. So I went into my work, and God just started changing things very quickly in my life. He, I was going to say he got Michelle pregnant, but I think I got her pregnant. Uh, <laughs> I got Michelle pregnant again, and we didn't plan that. I got a new job. We got a new house, and uh, we, we moved, and uh, I got a job in Belfast. Oh, everything was, everything was new. I was getting offended by Midget Jam eating healing prayers, and all this here sort of stuff. And I went into work one day, and the Lord speak to me and said, when are you going to do something about all this stuff? When are you going to become good news? And so this lady came in, and she started telling me all about her cancer. I'm thinking not today Jesus please not today and, and, and so I did as any good Christian would do I said I know some Christians who would pray for you <laughs> anybody else do that or, I go, or here's another one I go to a church that believes <laughs> as if like this church is over here and my life's over here I go to a church that believes in healing and I sort of do too and so God said, okay, do it. And I said, do what? Pray for her. I thought, it's a Monday morning. Hey, it's not the time of the place. I was working on an upmarket um, men's shirt makers, tailors, and Yeah. I was selling the and singer-songwriters. and Now here I am. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> And so this lady comes in and she, she tells me this whole story and then she starts to weep. I'm thinking, dear God. It's, don't cry. It's making me embarrassed. It's making me uncomfortable. And I, I said, God, I'm not praying for this lady. I know a church that prays for people and I know Christians that do this. So we got this new old swinging um, software. And, and then the saviour of the day, the Calvary came in, the postman, who loves to chat and talk, he came in that very morning, morning I thought, oh, there is a God in my warp thinking. So he comes in and throws the thing down and goes straight out the door. And I'm thinking like, every other day, you stop and you have a conversation, you take the free coffee, you eat the wee caramelly type biscuits and you eat more than you should do and uh, he never buys anything. But he comes and he drinks the coffee and he talks forever. But this day, he throws the stuff out and he goes out and I'm thinking, oh dear God. And I'm sweating and my lips, my, uh, my mouth's dry, sticking to the, and I'm like trying to get some moisture back in there and uh, so I thought I have it sussed so the man her husband goes to a car to get something and leaves me with his elderly wife people are in their 70s or 80s and um, I said I'm done I ain't getting this sale so I go to the till she purchases something her thing and the screen goes black <laughs> alright coincidence I know so I said okay and I said to the lady I just don't go to a church that believes in healing. I actually believe in healing too. And Jesus comes. Can I pray with you? We pray. She weeps. I'm weeping. And the Holy Spirit comes on her and you can actually see the Spirit of God on her on that morning. And her husband comes in and they leave the shop. And then, it's all over the newspapers. (laughs) Taylor heals woman of cancer don't just get a suit, get spiritual healing, no, none of that, but you know what, I saw week after week after week, month after month, and dare to say year after year, we all get to do it, we all get to see him come, you do, I do, the Christian life is the most exciting life ever, it's just ordinary people doing this stuff. And we'll get it wrong. We'll get embarrassed. But I want to, I you stand. I want to, in a way, challenge us this morning, guys. If your faith is dull and your Christianity is uninspiring and you're bored with it and you're wondering what's it all about, I want to encourage you to risk again, to to believe that there is a kingdom. Other than what we see and feel and touch here right now, that there's the kingdom of our God who wants to be released in all of its fullness here on planet Earth, here on streets, towns, supermarkets, shops, and schools. And all God needs is somebody to step up to the plate and give a kind word, to lay hands on the sick and say, Be healed, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. And do random acts of kindness and love your neighbor. And they prophesy and say good things about your town, your country, and your community. They speak life over difficult situations. And if you're up for that type of Christianity, then just put your hands out. I only pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon you this morning and fill you. And if you could do it with me, you can do it with anybody.